every time I go to the New York area, an older person will always come up to me and go, man, before your time, I used to watch Bruno San Martino. Ah, oh, he was amazing, he was great. So it's just fun to hear that, and that's how you know you're great. He was completely dedicated to wrestling. He wasn't gonna be satisfied to be second best. He was special because he paid a dear price to be a wrestler and a dear price to be a champion. In order to be on top, you have to be a winner. You have to be a top man. Incredible star and someone who carried the championship with pride and honor. And the fans go absolutely berserk. He uh, trained religiously and uh, watched other wrestlers and the ring, every opportunity he had. San Martino was big and hard, and he was big in the gym. Bruno San Martino was my father's uh, favorite performer, was his father's favorite performer, in an area of the country where he was meant to shine. He did just that. He was truly a legend in New York. When I look back at the fact that he packed Madison Square Garden year in and year out, I think that statement alone explains his greatness. Bruno Sammartino was able to bridge the gap between the ethnicity of fans. You would have the Italian fans, the Puerto Rican fans, the Jewish fans, the Russian fans, all united behind this champion for almost a decade. And that truly makes Bruno Sammartino one of the greatest. Thursday, April 19th, and you are tuned in to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hami Media. This week, Rick and I are going to shake things up, but of course, before we... Ah, fuck! It is Thursday, April 19th, and you are tuned in to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and presented by Hami Media. This week, Rick and I are going to shake things up, but of, of course, before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans bringing you all the news that is news from across professional wrestling world see i don't do that for like two weeks and i've completely lost it you can find the show on twitter at hgmpw pod on facebook at hitting the marks shoot us an email at hitting the marks at gmail.com my name is jargo i'll be your host for the day and i am joined as always alongside my favorite huckleberry huckleberry number one the once again g-rated superstar he's the whole effing show ladies and gentlemen rbv rick 
Welcome back to your show. It is me. It's me. It's that R to the B to the V. And dude, you never forget how to take a bump. I mean, how many times have you done this? God, now? I don't how, know. How many weeks have we been like, at this? I typed the thing out and I just typed it out just fine. But Jesus, I can't even say it today. You I know, don't know, you know what, what the hell the deal is. At least, at least put the heat on the teleprompter. You know what it is. You know what it is. I saw you on OneWrestling.com with Huckleberry Number 4, the man with the punchable face, the reporter of the people, the man with the plane, Big Ray, here to stay. Saw that you were on to talk some Lucha Libre today. Uh, we were. Uh, and, and actually, let's uh, let's get correct. You know, it was yesterday. Because I, I don't want to, like, overexpand our hours here. But, yeah, what a tremendous show we had, man. We, we kind of covered the week. Uh, but that was only like a – that was he was kind of like a fluffer for me. <laughs> he was just he was just getting me warmed up for the main event here with with my number one Huckleberry, my tag team partner in crime, because we're really gonna break it down. We're talking the shakeup. So today's show is gonna be all about the shakeup, guys. We're gonna go back to the old format, at least for this week. Segment one's gonna be raw, segment two is gonna be SmackDown. We're not really gonna do a jersey segment today, although we are gonna talk about Carmella. So uh Rick, I guess let's start things off in Hartford, Connecticut for Monday Night Raw. Uh, we hit, we we start the show off with Kurt Angle, not a big surprise there, but we get our first selection coming over from SmackDown, Jinder Mahal. Uh, this one kind of caught me off guard, but it very much set a tone for for how these rosters were kind of going to shake out for the night. We saw a lot of the big guys from SmackDown moving over to Monday Night Raw, a lot of the smaller guys on Raw making the shift over to SmackDown. That was kind of a, a theme that we saw going on throughout the Superstar Shakeup. Point that was very surprising here. You know, you're the one that kind of uh, dubs them, dubs Raw, the land of the giants. And you are correct there. It's, it's kind of those uh, fair or unfair, those individuals that a lot of the, uh, the smarter fans recognize as Vince's boys. Yep. Yep, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? And, and yeah, there, it's okay to have differences in your programming and uh, to reach out to different fan bases or you know likes and all that. But you know, my main problem with this, you know, this opening act. So I, I want to throw it at you. You know, uh, Jeff Hardy comes out. Well, no, Kurt. Uh, Kurt actually throws it out. Ginger comes out. He's demanding his demands. Correct. Right. Very much like that. I really hope that's the new Jinder Mahal character. Hey, this is the one you've been asking for absolutely uh, for almost a year. Yeah, I was excited the way the way that he was talking to Kurt. Where's my limousine at? You you, you know how I roll. I loved Kurt with the with the K U R T dot A N G L E at no freaking way dot com. I absolutely love that entire exchange. I thought it was great. Well, you know, not to get too off track here, real quick. You've been pitching this uh, Indian million dollar man. How much would you love if he just introduced his own championship? Ooh. He's, he he had the U.S. championship stolen from him, so now he's going to introduce the uh, the Asian championship or you know the Indian championship. Or I'd be like down that. with that. I would be down with that. I, I think Ooh, that'd be a I great like thing for him. But you know, but here was my biggest problem here. You know, he, he comes out and I love the heat off the beginning. You know, we've got a confrontation. You've got the, you know, the all American averse, you know, against the guy that's kind of been bashing America for the, you know, since he left raw and now he's back here for this, for this moment. And then it, Kirk kind of just throws an open challenge. Who wants to, who wants to try to see if they can take this U S championship to make some little history for this second shakeup. And they bring out Hardy. Well, at this point they were, they're already selling on commentary. 
that they've been that Paige and Kurt Angle have been working all week trying to figure out who's going where. Wouldn't Kurt know at this point that Hardy is actually on his way to SmackDown? You would think. However, I'm going to counter your point because I've heard you make this point a couple oh, of I, times now. You know, I've been screaming it since it happened, so I, I'm waiting for someone to, to, to you know debunk my conspiracy theory here. Here you go. Here, here is the bump of your conspiracy theory. Kurt Angle is an idiot. Look at look at what he gave up inside of this superstar shakeup versus what he brought in. This was a terrible take for Raw and an absolute heist for SmackDown. Kurt Angle is an idiot. You, you know, that was kind of my argument when I kept saying so. When people would come back with counterpoints and say, so you're just telling me Kurt Angle is a moron. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. I'm telling you Kurt Angle is an idiot. No, it, it makes sense coming from you. You are my voice of reason. Uh, what else has he done during his reign as GM to show me that he is not a complete moron? Yeah, I mean, the biggest take the biggest take for Raw has to be Owens and Zayn, and Angle had nothing to do with it. I completely agree with you. Hey, and look at this guy. I mean, he's been... Um, he's one of those guys that just bows down to his managers, whatever's happened. And then the one time he tried to fight back, yeah, it gave him that moment for that, that big moment at WrestleMania, but he's still backpedaling. And now he's just a wounded dog. I mean, it's just, it's like when you take old Yeller out back with that broken leg or whatever, uh, you're just waiting for that, that gunshot. Yeah. Kurt Angle is an idiot. I mean, like that is honestly, that is my defense of why Jeff Hardy is now on SmackDown with the U S title. Because Kurt Angle is an idiot. You've proven me wrong. Uh, you know what? I wanted a logical explanation. You've done it. The GM of Raw is a complete idiot. That's all I got, man. I mean, it's so, the only so thing that really, makes sense. So would you would you really be surprised? Like, let's say Stephanie strolls out next week and runs down the trades, the moves, and she's like, Kurt, you really, this is really what you did. You're fired. It, it would not surprise <laughs> me at all. You're an idiot. Yes. I, and even Hunter put that over in the package leading up to it. Kurt Angle is an idiot. That is the narrative inside of the WWE universe right now. That whole intelligence eye, throw that thing right out the window. He lost that down south. Kurt Angle is an idiot. You know what? It's A lot of people won't think it's fair, but it's kind of brilliant on their behalf to just destroy somebody. Yeah, it really kind of is. Um, speaking of destroying somebody, I, I, I almost feel bad for Jinder Mahal here because not only does he lose the United States championship, then we get the backstage segment with Jinder Mahal where he's pissed off about losing it. And he immediately is defined down into a program with no way Jose. Like I don't see no way Jose lighten raw on fire, but it looks like Jinder Mahal is going to be his first feud. I, I'm going to say, I, I'm just imagining in, in my mind, or picture, not even imagine this, because that sounds positive. Uh, I think we're going to have a No Way Jose, his crew dance-off versus a Bollywood dance-off at some point here, and it's going to make for terrible television. Oh, my God. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. And just kind of imagine that. You know, one of the uh, the Singh brothers are going to try to do something where they want to represent their boss you know, their guy, and we're going to get this uh, grand Bollywood entrance. Oh. Uh, you know what? It, it, it worked the first time they did it. Was it like almost a year ago with Randy Orton? Yeah. Okay, that was kind of cool because it actually paid tribute to their heritage. 
uh, to the heritage, but now it's going to come off as a complete joke. Let me, let me ask, cause you, man, you will, you know so much more about NXT than I do. What is the ceiling with no way? Um, gold dust. Do you think that high? I, I think potentially he, at some point, if he gets serious, he, cause I mean, no way Jose can go in the ring. There's no question about that. If, if he would get hot and catch fire, I could see like an intercontinental ceiling for no way Jose, but most of his career, he's going to spend looking at the lights. Well, how long do you think that would be on it? No, I, I completely agree with you. He's somebody that they don't give credit to. He can go 100% in the ring, uh, almost like, you know, they kind of rode off almost for a little bit, but then he found that character. Yep. I mean, if, if, if No Way Jose snaps at some point down the road and he just turns into like a serious dude, he just turns into Jose. Yeah, I could see maybe an Intercontinental Championship run, and I could see him being with the company for a long time. By all accounts, he he has a very good attitude. He'll do just about anything that you want him to. I could see him being around for a while, being that Adam Rose entertainment guy, and then at a certain point just having a nice little heel run, and then maybe as a nostalgia act, they keep bringing him back as you know the festive No Way Jose guy. What would you... Would you think maybe at this point they've already identified him too much with Adam Rose? A little bit, especially for the mainstream audience. I mean, I I think casual fans are going to love No Way Jose. You know, it's a fun act that you can dance to. And, you know, even dark matches like that guy could have a real nice career and just spend most of it looking at the lights. There's no problem with that as long as you're collecting a check. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And Monday Night Raw needs guys like that, too, because they have a very interesting card. I actually have a depth chart here that we'll get into uh, as we round out the Monday Night Raw segment. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Sasha and Bayley. I thought for sure that this was kind of going to be the, not necessarily the blow off to this feud, but at least the, we're going to put this on hold and send one of you to SmackDown. I thought there were, there were two big losers inside of the superstar shakeup and that has to be Sasha Banks and Finn Balor. Agreed? Well, I disagree? Would, I would, I would almost say the two big losers are Sasha and Bailey themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now they are, uh, they're kind of just handcuffed together. You know, even Luigi had his own video game at one point. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know who's who in this case, but you need to separate them a little bit. And you know, we've already we're, we're already seeing this now. Hey, well, we've got the. Uh, do we needed any more tandems together on Raw between Cammy and uh, Sasha and and Bailey? I, reason I paused there, I was trying to think of a name to combine them. I don't even know what it would. You got anything, Jericho? You're a creative one. What what would you call Sasha and Bailey? I don't even know. I don't even <laughs> let's, know. Let's throw it out. Let's throw it out. I mean, I'm looking at Basha. Right? I'm looking at Saley. Those are they're just Basha. That, that sounds like a failed uh, attempt with Chris Bosch somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It sounds like something that you picked up in Miami. I got the Basha. Um, that's a creative mind working. I got that Basha. So, so then we end up with the riot squad kind of spoiling the party here. So now I'm sure we're at least going to get Bailey and Sasha kind of reconciling, but not really against the riot squad next week. And this is going to be your 
mid-card kind of women's feud going forward. Is that kind of what, what you're seeing at this point? Well, you know, not to jump too far ahead, what is left really of the Rawls women division? I have, I have, I have a women's depth chart too, and uh, the the raw the raw women's depth chart is interesting, man. It is really oh, interesting. Okay, so we got a little teaser to hold on with us, but yeah, I mean, it almost seems you know like they're they're substituting one group of enhancement out for another just so they can prolong this story. Yeah. And and I and the last thing this story needs is prolonged at this point. We need to just move it along. We don't need to prolong it. Move it. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. It would have been great. Yeah, there there is a great payoff later down the road on this thing. Uh, but yeah, it's okay to hit the pause button, especially now that we have every month we have dual branded major events going on that they can still cross paths and still you know rub each other the wrong way and wait for that big payoff. I think they're, you know, we've been saying it here for months, you know, they're not a main priority. And I, I believe that was made completely, completely obvious by this uh, shakeup. But the positive note for Sasha and Bailey, Monday Night Raw has a lot of talent. They don't necessarily have a whole lot of star power right now. This is a program that they can keep going that's still going to get TV airtime. Whereas a typical women's mid-card feud may not. I, I would agree with you here, uh, especially, you know, your main, your main priority is Rhonda, and that has to be very limited. It, you have to really be careful how you craft what goes on there. So that gives you a lot of other time. Then you have Naya and Bliss right now. So when you're really looking at the, the people that are ready to be standout performers, it's these two. Yeah. So, this might be a great opportunity for them to shine. Yep. And, and, and it's a great opportunity for the women's division too, to get a little bit more airtime. So hopefully they just don't completely drop the ball with it. Uh, let's, let's talk about the AOP squashing uh, Slater and Rhino. So we talked about the AOP squashing Slater and Rhino. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it. It just, it seems a matter of time until AOP just starts running through everybody on Monday Night Raw. Guess what, Rick? I also have a tag team division depth chart for Monday Night Raw. Oh, we got it. Hey, you know what? Leave it to the best in the business. The absolute best producer in the business right here. Michael Jargo, you know, I've been putting you over all week, brother. And now you're stepping up to the plate and hitting a home run. I do what I can. Uh, so let's, let's go ahead and move on to Miz TV. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed this entire segment. I thought Miz was just fantastic. Of course, we get the reintroduction of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens uh, with the email from Stephanie McMahon. And then Kurt Angle informs us that Miz is going to SmackDown. Not Miz and the Miz-Tourage. Just the Miz is well, going to SmackDown. Let, you know what? Let me ask you a question. Now, I, I have probably listened uh, to uh, 12, 15 hours of podcast, you know, about this shakeup here. No one's asking this question. You know, they're, they're all talking about the aftermath. What were, you, what were your feelings when you initially saw the Miz with Cammy and the Miz Siraj, and they were talking about becoming, a, you know, this power group? I mean, what was your initial, I mean, were you popping? You know, what's the potential or? Well, I mean, at first it was like, yes, this is awesome. These five guys together. And then you really start to think about it a little bit more. And it's like, there's no way the Miz and Kevin Owens could be in a faction together. There's no logical way that could 
ever work. I, I agree with you. No, I, I kind of like my first thought, you know, it was almost like going back to, um, and I even loved how they put it over. This is bigger than the NWO. Like they oversold that, man. I was thinking like, this is almost like a modern day horseman yeah, faction. Absolutely. But then, but then when they both kind of had their mic time, you're like, Oh, Miz and Kevin are going to kill each other. Yeah. There's no way that could possibly ever work. It, you know, like thinking, thinking about it and going back to it, this might've been one of the better segments in the shakeup, how they did this entire thing. You mean to tell me that Miz had the best segment on WWE TV? I can't imagine. Hey, stay tuned for segment two where he might have another one. But see, this is a one, another one of those things to go back to my earlier point. Kurt Angle is an idiot. Why would you send the Miz to SmackDown to face off with Daniel Bryan? You know you're going to get bare. You're giving up your best freaking talent just because Daniel Bryan asked for it. Kurt Angle is an idiot. Well, and here's a major flaw here with how they do this shakeup. They don't explain things to you. I mean, let's think about, like, what, what is the hottest thing in any sport, Jargo? Like, what's, like... You know, but like besides like their championship free agency game. draft day. Well, we have we have the one coming up here. Of the NFL. People are going to tune in to see the war rooms and what's the arguments back and forth. Let us know who's going for who, so we can measure this up. You know what? What was the deal you struck to get the Miz over there? How, why was Daniel Bryan so important that you gave up uh, such and such talents? Right. I want to see the trades back and forth. I want to see what Raw got for the Miz. Well, and even if you want to like incorporate, you know, your social media, hey, tune in to see the war rooms on Facebook Live oh, while yeah. we're doing this. Absolutely. That'd be epic stuff. Uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit about the Miz Taraj. What do you see for them going forward? Well, uh, all right. I, I'm going to steal a pitch from, you know, last night I was on with Big Ray over one wrestling video. Uh, we were talking about this thing in, in Ray. I, I know you and I, we usually don't agree with so much with him. Uh, we're kind of sometimes we're like, Ray, where are you coming at with this one? But he, he kind of hit something. He, he, he was almost on the mark. He was talking about you know, a comedy spot with those guys eventually where maybe Bo is, comes out as IRS and Kurt, or Curtis as his father, Mr. Perfect. You know, I let it... I, you know me. I've been talking for, for weeks, months, whatever it's been. I love these guys. I know you love them. The little subtleties of them. They do everything great. You give them an inch, they take a mile. They deserve a push. They've earned a push. I would love to see them up against Hardy and Wyatt after, uh, I guess we, we both can agree, they're going to win these championships over in Saudi Arabia. I would love to see that build up to eventually where they get tossed into the lake and they come out as their fathers. I do love that idea. I'm not sure that it's something I want to sustain. Uh, I, I, I think back to uh, the very first deletion, or maybe it was the second, when uh, Matt threw Jeff Hardy in and uh, out came, you know, the, the very like smoking Jeff Hardy with his crazy championship belt. And Matt was like, uh uh-uh, uh, not this one, and put him back in the lake and brought him back out. I could see something like that happening where you have like inside of a deletion episode that happens. But uh, as far as like a full fledged program, I think you're immediately drawing comparison to the Sandow and Axel thing. 
it, but, it, I, I also brought that up with Ray. So, it, so you know, it, it, leave it to you to bring the best out of me, you know, in, my, in whatever crazy idea I have. You know, let them run on that thing. Like, they got thrown in the water. They're acting like their fathers. But then when it comes down to win the titles, they turn back serious and beat the shit out of them. It's like, what are you guys talking about? It's just a lake. Right. <laughs> like, um, what, what, are, you, are you that crazy? It's just a lake. We're still us. The other thing that crossed my mind is what if they just become roadies for Elias? I mean, they were running around with Elias while uh, Miz was out there for a little while. I could see them kind of hooking back up with Elias here. See, I would, I would hate to see him just kind of, you know, regress like that. I think there's move, there's room to move forward with that. I think there's room to move forward, but I think there's a ceiling because eventually you run into the authors of pain. Well, I, I know the program you're looking for. You know, it, just at least for this show, how much fun you and I will have. My Mizdarage. Oh, taking I on your wait. boys. I cannot wait to talk hey, about and, the fashion police. Hey, and I guarantee, I know we're getting there, but I guarantee that might be one of the highest rated segments on Monday night. Raw. Let's, uh, let, let, well, let's, let's kind of stay let's inside. Of it, the, let's well, wait, it. let's stay inside of the tag division. Let, let, let's talk about the revival versus the deleters of worlds. Um, and, and more importantly, as you were saying, Wyatt and Hardy winning that match, and they're now going to face the bar who have now been sent to SmackDown, so I'm even l- less interested in this match than I was before. I wonder if they make a, a shift in that somehow. Like, are the bar going to win the Raw tag team titles and bring them to SmackDown? No. Nope. Well, well, I will tell you, you know, if, if anyone made you believe, I know we're going to get to it, you know, there's someone on the prowl for some championships, but you know how they introduced the bar? No, I, I have no belief. I don't even think, did they even mention it in their promo? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I'm going to write that off as just like, uh, you know, that's out of nowhere. Like, it's even more house show now than it was before. You're 100% correct. Uh, so so let's talk about, you know, Kurt Angle actually did make one good decision inside of this draft. My boy, Tyler Breeze, on Monday night, frickin' raw. I was so excited when I saw them backstage. That backstage segment that they had with the bar was the best segment on Monday Night Raw, hands down. And everybody, for Tyler Breeze to give somebody a ticket for wearing a dress on television, that was the best fucking thing I saw on WWE TV all week, hands down. (laughs) I, I kind of like the uh, you know the thing to uh, Shane is, you know who gave you a permit for that mohawk? <laughs> and Dane was dancing the whole time. I, I, never I stops dancing. I, I am with you. You know, maybe not like the, the biggest pop uh, over the shakeup, but it most certainly was the one that brought the biggest smile to my face. Oh my gosh, I was so happy to see Tyler Breeze and Fandango on Monday Night Raw, and then, and then they let them wrestle. On Monday Night Raw, I was All right, floored. I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you go through this, and I have questions. And go then, ahead. And then, Tyler Breeze pins Cesaro on Monday Night Freaking Raw. Best Raw ever. Ever. 
it was amazing, dude. Here's my questions here for you, man. It, I, I popped. I don't know if I, I popped as much as because I kind of enjoy their work. I'm glad they're getting uh, a new opportunity. Uh, maybe I just popped more for my tag team partner crown over here because uh, I knew how much you were going to love this thing. Oh, my God. Dude. I was laughing so hard. So hard. Through the whole thing. Just Tyler's outfit you can laugh at. Did you notice he was kind of like overly gyrating? I mean, like, he didn't stop, like, anywhere at all. Even when he was waiting on a tag, he's ever doing on. But you know you what? Know, he's sitting there doing it. You know what I love about Tyler Breeze? When you watch him getting his ass kicked, he makes you absolutely believe that he just got flattened. That dude sells his ass off. Here's the one thing I see about him. How old is he? He's still under 30. Correct? Yeah, he's like 29, I think. I, I was going to say, I thought he was just still under that, you know, just under 30. I think he still gets it where it still can happen. He still believes in himself. He just needs that moment, that breakout point where he just grabs somebody. And, you know, going to Raw might be best for them because, you know, we all believe, you know, Vince has a, a, a much more stern hand in what happens on Mondays. If he can do something to make the boss of bosses pop. If you can pop Vince, you're going to get TV time every week. And especially if you go out there and work like he does. He might be right there. You know, this might be the opportunity that he really needs. Uh, but I did want to ask you, you know, there were a couple of things here. Tremendous backstage segment. How about, so we go back, you know, everyone's kind of like, oh, Cole's burying something. He buried these guys when they came out. Yep. But Graves but Graves was very quick to, oh, they're not, they're not weird or losers. They're unique. Yeah, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Because, you know, he's talking about what great talents they are. And it's like, Corey, you're also the commentator for SmackDown. When's the last time you saw these guys win a match? Yeah, but, but but does it go back almost like to when Cole buried the compound? Oh, absolutely. Where, you, know, we're, if, you know, we're not supposed to. You know, if Mitchell Cole says it's bad, that means that it's good. Because you don't, if you really, really like something, the last thing you want is Michael Cole putting it over. Like Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks used to be cool, and now every time she comes walking out, it's boss time, and I want to punch him in the throat. So, yeah, you, you get to that point there. It's like, why would we want to uh, support anything here? Yep. My, question for, my question for you on the other side now, we're talking about, you know, the bar's making a move. Man, they have just lost uh, essentially a two-on-one, but, but they did lose their titles to a 10-year-old. They now have lost to the fashion police. You know, they've got traded to another brand. It's it's easy to believe that they're not going to have a good outing in the, at the greatest Royal Rumble ever. Do you think they go to the bottom of the line on this, this new SmackDown tag division? Well, let's let's look a little bit more at this. And I'm going to go back to the beginning of the show. Kurt Angle is an idiot. He just <laughs> traded away. The four-time WWE Raw Tag Team Champions and the team that is competing for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship to SmackDown. Kurt Angle is an idiot. This makes no sense. Like, you traded the bar for the fashion police? Really? Well, we don't know if that was the trade. That's why, that's why it would make it more intriguing if we see the war rooms. But, you know, overall... I mean, if you're looking at like just lining these sides up, 
uh, you know, would that, should there be a, like a video surfaced of Paige and Kurt? Is that where this deal got done? Do you really want to see a video of Paige and Kurt? Well, I just want to know if it's, if the meeting was uh, finished on her face. I mean, how does she get all these great deals? <laughs> um, I Inside of my SmackDown tag team division, I still have the bar number two on my depth chart. Okay, I know we'll get there. That's a little teaser. Yeah, I still have the bar number two on my depth chart. I'm not. I'm not too worried about them quite yet. Uh, let's let's uh, move on to uh, the number one priority on Monday Night Raw. Of course, that being Ronda Rousey, she uh, bumped shoulders with Natalia, and I noticed Natalia got the Charlotte Flair turn. She changed shows and completely changed her character. Natalia is now a babyface. That's the Charlotte Flair turn from last year. She went. To, she went to SmackDown. Boom, babyface out of nowhere. I'm, I'm just going to go a little different with you on this one. I don't, I don't know that it was so much that it was that complete turn. Everyone saw it that way, but she still showed her shades of heel, shades of villain inside that match. I, mean, I think she, hey, she, she's smart. She knows what to do. She's coming on to a new brand. Uh, her good friend, she's the one that's training Rhonda. You know, they, they acknowledge that. Why wouldn't you? She's the baddest woman on the planet. Yeah, you know, I, I I do like them putting lip service to that. I do like them putting lip service to that. I absolutely do because the video is leaked online. Well, then they they also did lip service in her match. You know, she got a little frustrated. She got a little dirty. They they even mentioned you know sometimes uh, hey she takes the under road, but they even well Ronda knows her differently. They mentioned that I you know I think they're laying the ground for a good program going forward. If you need someone that's gonna take. Rondo from uh, green to light green. Why not Natalia? You know, you don't want to give away your big money until she's actually ready. So we have Natalia taking on Mandy Rose, who has now been sent to SmackDown. Uh, Rousey comes out, makes the save when DeVille jumps in the ring. Rousey and DeVille kind of square off. That was a very, very bad idea for Sonya DeVille. Uh, throwing hands with Ronda Rousey, not any woman on the WWE roster qualified to begin to do that. And if any of them were, it probably would have been Sonya Deville, but they just made Deville look like a chump here. Absolutely. And it was like, and then they show up on SmackDown and it's like, Oh, I see, you know, just job them out and then ship them off. We've seen this before. Well, we didn't even see him show up. They, they were in a, a, a video uh, package. Yeah. Not even a video package. It was just a graphic. Yeah, basically. Yep. <laughs> And I think, hey, you know, with just another graphic, there, there could be a story going forward from what we've seen happen. But let's talk about what we really know. Uh, and I want to get your opinion on this thing. Man, when Ronda throws her punches, they look vicious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even at WrestleMania, when she was hitting the Ville here, they look vicious. Yeah. Don't want to uh, be that, throwing hands with Ronda Rousey. That judo toss that she had, you know, that was... The only thing that was probably better this over this entire shakeup was Mickey James taking uh, Moon's Vehicles. stunner. But oh, that made, well, I know we're going to get to that. That was incredible, but, you know. But the, did they kill Deville here? A little bit, a little bit, but I I, I think it's okay uh, because when we when we look at the the SmackDown Women's depth chart, the SmackDown Women's division is freaking loaded. What? Well, I think he, he, there's even a story there going forward. You know, you sent both of Absolution over there. 
uh, Paige could actually even develop maybe a, you know, player sexuality. And maybe she's got a little girl crush on Mandy and Sonia let her down. Maybe there's a little tug of war between those two about who can get uh, the attention or affections of the general manager. If there's even any room for them on SmackDown Live, because there's a lot of women on SmackDown Live and not yeah, necessarily I, a lot of airtime. I, I think I just went into Russo booking. They're just going to be jobbed out over there. Ember Moon, Mickey James, as you were saying, that that killer looking eclipse. I mean, Mickey James sold that like a freaking champ. Uh, I think Ember is going to be pretty high on on this uh, Raw Women's uh, depth chart at this point, uh, especially if you're going to use Rousey as a as an uh, almost like a Lesnar like attraction to where she's not going to be wrestling on every show. I absolutely think Ember Moon is going to become one of your feature acts on Monday Night Raw. Well, and you know, you actually have a. If you ever need that as a storyline going forward, I don't know if it's going to work in the time frame, but you actually could have, you know, you have a backstory, you know, Ember and Baszler, you know, maybe that, that, that grown hatred Ooh, towards the good. MMA like horsewomen and all that, I you know, like there, there is some backstory there if you need it. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Uh, then we have one of the more confusing ones on the on the show that i i I just kind of sit and shake my head about and i'm so just freaking scared about Dolph ziggler comes walking out titus worldwide comes out offers for ziggler to join titus worldwide ziggler politely declines and says that he is not alone and enter the big ass shit kicker himself drew mcintyre rick i am terrified that drew mcintyre being associated with Dolph ziggler is going to define down Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, man, you've been on Drew's. You, you've been riding those. I want to say coattails. You, you've been one of his number one fans for a long time, promoting the, the great things that he's going to bring since he came back. Because you know how tied he in. You know how tied he is to to reinventing himself. Listen to you know all everything that you pitch for him. It was a little disappointing to see him in this point. But you know me, I am a bit of a Dolph guy. You know, I want to see him elevated. I think they're going to help each other. Well, and, and looking at how the rosters have, have kind of shaken out here, Ziggler could actually become a feature player on Monday Night Raw. I, I think both of these guys are going to be feature players. Are they going to stick them together as a tag team, though? Like, I really liked the uh, Claymore kick zigzag combination as like a, a tag team finisher, but I don't think I want to see these two guys inside of the tag team division. I am cool with these guys, you know, maybe, uh, maybe coming in like, Hey, we're going to dominate everything. The two sharks are coming together to run these waters. If we want tag gold, we'll take tag gold. If we want the, I guess now the intercontinental championship, we'll take the intercontinental. If we want the universal, we'll do that. I, I, I would just love them to like kind of realize, you know, we've both been kind of screwed over by this company. We both use it to get back where we want to be. Now, now we're both on top of the game, but we need each other to take it to the next level. That's what I would. I would. These guys, to me, uh, they scream a more over the top, hardcore version of Cammy. And I now it, it actually just it just popped in my mind. They're all in the same brand. It, that could be interesting. Yeah, that could be a very interesting dynamic. Um, was kind of hoping that Drew would come in as uh, the the heel that beat up Roman Reigns, which would actually make him the babyface on of the show. But you know, uh, you, well, you know, I was there with you, man. But 
even if they would have beat him up to two of them, that would have been great. And I, I think that Drew and Dolph are so talented, even jumping Roman, they still could have got heat. And Drew McIntyre is the kind of guy that maybe he can give Dolph Ziggler's career some kind of a kickstart here because Ziggler has been flat with that new contract. Maybe they are really looking to make him one of the faces of Monday Night Raw. Well, you know what? We always talk about, you know, the evolution of uh, KFAB and, and how you can bring it back by just blurring those lines. You and I have talked for weeks about how they've kind of missed on Dolph with the 1.5 million reasons. Maybe you, you go to a, you know, something we just saw Dolph in Vegas at an MMA fight. Maybe him and McIntyre, they're hanging out. They even make reference. Hey, remember last time you were here? Uh, your wife smacked you. That doesn't happen anymore. We buy our way everywhere. We got everything in the world, baby. We got the two biggest contracts. We do what we want. We go where we want. Everyone on Raw is on watch because this right here is the tandem that's going to, you know, we, we own the place. And I look forward to the day when Drew McIntyre turns on Dolph Ziggler because inevitably that has to happen. And those will be some good matches. Those will be some very good matches. Uh, let's talk about the obvious face of Monday Night Raw. That's still, for some fucking reason, being Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns comes out and cuts his uh, poor dejected me promo. Brock Lesnar's not here, blah, blah, blah. It's the same promo we've been hearing for weeks now. Samoa Joe comes out, cuts the best promo on the show, and then they turn around and send his ass to SmackDown. You know what? You've been bringing this up. Have they bailed on Roman, who's the face of this, of Monday Night Raw? Do you think maybe uh, you know, we're not even looking in the right direction? They might think that Ronda now is the face? Well, at this point, I when you look at the names that they have brought in here and the, the heels that they have lined up for Roman Reigns to knock down when he becomes champion of the universe, it's a pretty impressive list. It's a pretty impressive list. We're, we're, we're going to talk about that as we look at the depth chart here in just a second. We do have uh, the Baron Corbin vignette. What do you think of Baron Corbin going over to Monday Night Raw? I just thought, again... Big bad heel that Roman Reigns is going to knock down. Well, um, let me ask you. That seems like a foreclosure, that, or foreclosure, that, or for, not foreclosure. Shit, that's what happens to my fucking houses. Uh, or, <laughs> that's, it seems like that's going to happen. You know, we threw out a, a meme there over in the Hami Media Discussion Group asking, uh, hey, how hot would a program be? Beard versus hair, Strowman versus Corbin. I like it. I like it. I, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people out there, Corbin's got to shave his head. You know, th you know that, that hairline is killing him. You know, so put something behind it. But I want to tap into your expertise because we just saw one of the greatest moments ever in a hair versus hair over in New Japan. You're the one that turned me on to this and, and how intense it was and how great it was. I mean, how would you book this thing? Ooh. Well, you know, what's interesting is I think I would book Corbin to win. I think I would make Braun cut off his beard and then I would have Corbin cut his own hair off just to be a dick about it. Maybe he like, he's up on top of the stage. He's just like, you know what? You know what? Yeah. I'm going to cut well, my own hair. Uh, off. I, 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 I don't even need for you to beat me to cut my own hair off. I'm just going to do it because fuck you. After he takes off Braun's beard. Hold on. You know me, the PR guy here, and they're always looking for a little marketing strategy. Uh, so here's what you do there. You know, uh, Corbin goes over. Braun, being the honorable you know man that he is, shaves his own beard. 
and we got the big now we truly have the giant baby face uh so corbin's up on top of the stage he's like you know what just to show i'm still better than you and wwe loves giving i'm shaving mine for locks of love (laughs) he does his own that would be tremendous (laughs) tremendous very Uh, much looking forward to the baron corbin and uh Braun Strowman feud because that has to happen. It has to happen. And the whole reason we start that conversation, the whole meme is from you. It has all to the happen. History. You've been waiting for this for two years. Yeah, for two years now. Ever since Corbin freaking eliminated Strowman in the Rumble. God damn it. And then they did nothing with it this year at the Rumble. Did nothing with it. I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. Let's uh let, let's talk about the big main event and then we'll jump into the raw depth chart here. We have uh Bobby Roode, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley, and Braun taking on Miz, the Miz Taraj, Owens, and Zayn. Not really a whole lot to talk about here. Uh one thing that absolutely stands out to me, uh Bobby Roode is turning heel. And I can tell you that because Bobby Lashley is on Monday Night Raw. They're not gonna have two Bobbies. It's gonna be Robert Roode. And Bobby Lashley. That's what's going to happen. That's gonna, I'm surprised that didn't happen Monday night. Uh, I actually remembered someone even said over, uh, you know, in the Hami media discussion group, there's too many Bobbies in this match. Yep. It's going to be Robert Roode and Bobby Lashley. Uh, you know, my first thought was, what a great move. Now let's get it right and turn him. And they Let, didn't. Let's, <laughs> and they well, didn't. Let's get him back. Uh, so, I mean... I know your creative mind. Things are going here. So is that kind of a setup? Would you like to see those two working? Like the revisit those, those days from uh, impact DNA, whatever. Absolutely. I mean, because Lashley has been here for two weeks now and they've done nothing with him. That's probably the most <laughs> underwhelming addition to the raw roster at this point. Do you think that's one of those signings where, you know, they're just glad to have him back, but not completely sure where to go with him. Well, somebody please show Vince McMahon that Bobby Lashley learned how to talk on a microphone. Like Shelton Benjamin has gotten more promo time than Bobby Lashley at this point, and Benjamin still can't talk. Lashley at least learned how to talk. Lashley has a character now. He's not just big, tough black guy. Why are we not paying any lip service to his MMA record? You think maybe they're saving it? Maybe they just want to. There's a lot. I don't know what they're doing. They're not doing nothing. There's a lot of those portions of the the WWE universe that doesn't completely understand or know who he is. And, you know, to reintroduce him with his old footage, what made him great, that means you've got to show, you know, President Trump, which they're going to stay away from. At this point, is it obvious Bobby Lashley is supposed to be a babyface? I mean, you got him teaming with Rollins and Balor and Braun. Bobby Roode is still a babyface. And he's showing no emotion on either side. You don't know what the hell he's just kind of there. You're just supposed to be impressed by this big, massive man. Yeah, it seems awkward to me. Seems awkward. Do you think he maybe he now that he can maybe move in and fill that Samoa Joe role? Ooh, that would be a good place for Bobby. That would be a very good place for Bobby. I still feel like Lashley versus Lesnar. Like we should. That's how Lashley should be being presented now as a big freaking badass. That would be a legitimate threat to Brock Lesnar. We should be building to Lashley and Lesnar without building to Lashley and Lesnar at this point. Well, you know, when they eventually get there, though, do you want to, who was the camp that he trains with or is the camp that American, was on uh, American Top Team, right? 
Okay, yeah, and we saw how brilliant their camp leader was. Wouldn't you want to kind of incorporate that so you really have that that mouthpiece that could get really interesting with Haman? I mean, especially if you want to try to uh, sell yourself to Fox and, and and get on this whole, this is, you know, we can do this like the UFC, Lashley and Lesnar, that is the most obvious setup ever. Well, that's what I'm going to say, you know, I'll entertain any argument anyone wants to throw at me. This has to be your main event at SummerSlam. It has to be Lashley and Lesnar. It has to be. You're up in the Northeast. You know, you're in Brooklyn. You're right there, right in that area of the greatest cities in the world. All eyes on you. You know, top team versus Lesnar's camp. Oh, man. I mean, this that might be one of the greatest matches in, you know, professional wrestling history. I mean, even just the build to it, the, 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 the footage that you could show, the footage that you could shoot that would actually present it as a legit sport. Heaven well, forbid. And, and, you know, dude, I, I would invite in both sides, man. I'd have Bellatar, all the owners there. I'd have UFC if you could. If anyone wants to come to come together for this grand spectacle just to put everyone over, make the damn deal, get it done. Yeah, This is it right here. And you make it. You're, you're a genius at this, man. You know how things should be shot. You know how to record. You know how to cut up our programs and all this. I mean, you've got to make this seem like the most legit actual combat. Do it thing. like UFC does. Just watch a UFC press conference. I Good God, Impact does it. It's not that hard to set it up, and especially with WWE production with the video screens and shit that you could stage behind it, two big tables, a podium in the middle, all the media there in front, the Brooklyn media. Are you kidding me? Hey, and uh, you know what? All of our great listeners out there, you guys can't see him. I'm looking at Jargo. I mean, he's got the hood up. Mama, don't call to come back. Put Jargo right in the middle. Put Jargo right in the middle to facilitate this thing. This thing is going down. You know, I'll be out. I'll be out in the hallway looking for the cocktail waitress and where's the hot dog roller. Jargo is handling this interview. Man, this would be intense as hell. This would put it over. But just make sure before you get to this match, you don't have a ten-year-old win a championship title or you have ass pancakes anywhere near this. Thing. No, I think I think it's got to be somebody. It's got to be Paul Levesque that officiates this press conference. Not Triple H. It has to be Paul Levesque. I'll even go one ahead of you. Yeah. Do you think of, well, I, I, you know what, as I was going to say this, you might be right. It's got to be Paul Levesque. Maybe Vince is too over the top. I think so. I, I, I think Vince would try to make it a bit more sports entertainment than sports. He, he would kind of do his little perk up his chest a little bit and try to get his little strut in a little bit. You need someone that's going to really sell this thing as, yes, this is my future of this business. I respect this. Uh, but but if we're talking about the card, uh, what goes on before that, I actually put Charlotte Oscar too on right before that match. Interesting. Interesting. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Let's take a look at the, uh, the raw depth chart here. Uh, I, I probably should have sent this to you so you could actually physically look at it instead of me just reading you. Well, off these I, I, I don't have the internet. I already have it pulled up. I know what we got here, man. Hey, I, I get myself ready here. You know, I can, I can forward things here to the to the uh, home station. Well, this is kind of how I actually envision the card laying out priority one, 
all the way down through through the bottom here. So as always, you throw me a swerve, but okay, we'll figure it out. Let's let's take a look at Monday Night Raw. Here here is my list for your singles roster on Monday Night Raw. You have Brock Lesnar and John Cena at the top, obviously part time, but they're still the biggest names inside of the business. Not even a whole lot to talk about there. So let's move on to to your full time everyday guys. You got Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Elias, Corbin, Jinder Mahal, Bobby Roode, Ambrose, Ziggler, No Way Jose, Jason Jordan, Big Show Kane, Chad Gable, Mojo, Goldust, Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, Mike Kanellis. Any big discrepancies that you could hear just off the top of your head? You know what? You actually, when you're reading it down, like just listing them off there, you know, coming into the show, you know, I'm thinking obviously SmackDown just destroyed. You know, they won. This was their this was their shakeup. But I always talk about you know, Raw's got that vibe. You know, they're rough around the edges. They're a little gritty. When you kind of run down that, it makes a little sense. There's a lot of potential. We could see some people really develop their characters that come into their own, and it could. It could become a very entertaining program. This could be the breakout class of, uh, you know, for the last 20, 30 years here for WWE. I think you're going to get a lot of the Kevin Owens show. And I think you're going to get a lot of Monday Night Rollins. Because there ain't nobody else on this show that is known to be any kind of a talker. So if you don't like Kevin Owens' voice and you don't like Seth Rollins' voice, Monday Night Raw may not be the ideal show for you going well, forward. Does this kind of play into, you know, we've kind of seen this in the last couple of months, you know, since the Rumble at least, where Raw is, you know, we've been seeing those longer matches, not so much of the winded promos like that. Uh, is, is this that move, you know, as you always bring up, everything is strategically placed looking for that Fox deal where Raw is going to move where they're testing the people that actually can go longer in the ring. You know, a, a lot of people, it kind of went under the radar. You know, Gable making a move was very exciting to me. Now, he's one of the most talented individuals on you know, on either roster. He's a guy that can come in and he, he wants to kind of cut his teeth as that singles competitor. Now, if he's on a losing streak, he can still go out there and give you a wowing match with a Rollins, a Finn Balor, a Kevin Owens. He can give you. 20 minute match each week. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's take a look at the tag team division because this intrigues me as well. Uh, I've got AOP at, on the top of the tag team division. They are clearly head and shoulders above everybody else inside of this division as they have been presented right now. Then you go to the deleters of worlds, the revival, potentially American alpha, the fashion police, Slater and Rhino, The Ascension, Titus Worldwide, and The Miztourage, who I only have at the bottom because we don't know what the hell's going on with them right now. You know, this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about, you know, in singles competition, yeah, they got they got talent that can go, you know, 20 plus minutes. You're reading off this tag division, all these matches scream five minutes and some character work. Yep. They need American Alpha to go up against AOP. Well, even and if the you revival. Could, I was just going to say, if somehow you could save the revival, I know that you know a lot of you know a lot of our you know the people, the circles we run them, they've really soured on them. 
you and I, we stay uh, steady to the course. There is a chance to revive the revival. There's still talent there. Hey, give me them versus American Alpha. You know, give me them versus AOP. But what's interesting there is whoever you interchange, it's an interesting dynamic. The revival and American Alpha, you could give me that for an hour for the next six months on Monday Night Raw, and it would probably be the best hour that you could put out. Uh, well, but- <laughs> I was, let me ask you there, because Big Ray and I were talking about, he's like, well, how do you, because he, he was all about, he thinks American Alpha should be like total heels uh, because of their, in the, you know, their singles work or how we seem to grow apart. You know, for me though, it's all about who they're against. Yeah, you know, I, I, I would revival. see them as tweeners. I mean, because you have, well, no, I, I actually, I think you'd have to go full fledged baby face with them. But in order to turn them full fledged baby face, you may have to go through a heel run first. You know, I just, you know, they're those lovable, you know, they got that Amer- all American look. They're the team that you want to overcome those odds. But it, remember, even in NXT, it took Chad Gable's character work to get Jason Jordan over. At this point, people still hate Jason Jordan. People will want to take to Chad Gable because he's funny and he's a cornball. And holy shit, can that guy go when the bell actually rings? He can turn it on. Okay, well, they need to get their gimmick back. They need the towel back. But, I mean, I'm with you. But remember, even when they started that ready, willing, and gable thing, it was a heel act. It got over because it was good, almost like the fashion police. Like, you know, originally, people are watching it going, this is ridiculous. This is so stupid, but God damn it, it's kind of fun. And then it started catching on and it started catching on. And the next thing you know, everybody was ready, willing, and gable. Yeah, it, no, it's a testament uh, against everything that's wrong with, or a testament to it's everything that's wrong with professional wrestling today. No one has like a good gimmick. You know, we had those all back in the day, everyone had a damn gimmick. We knew what they were. Now, if you adopt any kind of gimmick, you're going to get over because you have character. It's not that you just go out and dot, dot, die. You have something. They can get there with that. I almost wonder if this leads to Team Angle Part 2. American Alpha, the connection with Kurt Angle. Hell yeah, dude. I could see that happening. I could absolutely see that happening. Okay, uh, all right. We're talking about terrible freaking gimmicks and all this. What if Kurt adopts Gable? Oh, my God. What if Gable becomes the son that Kurt never had? Oh, and then that's how you that then that's how you build their ultimate blow off. You know he. Oh, I like I. I he, there's he, some he potential always, here. He always he always had Jordan as that big brother, and now we learn that you know he never really had any parents himself. You know he he always <laughs> idolized Kurt and worked towards that. That's why he went to the Olympics. Oh, so there's like man. this this favorite unsanctioned son. Oh man, this could so, get interesting. So, so we got American Alpha squaring off at a WrestleMania where Kurt Angle is the uh, is the referee. Oh my gosh, tremendous stuff! Let's take a look at the women's division because I think this is probably the most concerning division on Monday Night Raw right now. Uh, so you have Ronda Rousey. All right, here are the women that you get to match up against Ronda Rousey. Rick, I want you to stop when I get to one that you think could uh, throw hands with Ronda Rousey. You have Alexa Bliss, Ember Moon, 
Nia Jax, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Natalia, Ruby Riot, Mickey James, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Dana Brooke, and Alicia Fox. I think we have a problem here. No, I, I intentionally let you run through because I know I think there are some uh, potential storylines there and competitors. I will say that I do believe that is the heaviest women's division I've ever seen. Minus one. Uh, but no, I, I, I could go through there. I, I could see uh, some logic where Sasha wants to make claim. You know, if you can really bring the boss back and she's using her underhanded tactics. The problem uh, see- is Sasha Banks is so defined down right now. Well, we're going to have to build them back up here. You know, it, it's, it's, it, that's the way WWE does their things. They, they build up in a month. I, I agree with you. You know, I need a couple months to really establish her. Uh, but through their logic, well, I, I can see, even if I'm booking over the course of the year, yeah, I could get Sasha ready. I definitely could get Mickey James ready. Easily Nia Jax. Uh, you know, everyone knows I am not a fan of her, but yeah, I, I know her worth. I know what you could use her for. You get her ready. Uh, obviously, I you know the number one right now is Natalia, but all you're really doing is just kind of putting her on cruise control. She is just kind of running in sand until they get ready for the bigger programs with the ladies on the other brand. I think the four best matchups for Ronda Rousey are Sonya Deville, Becky Lynch, Asuka, and Charlotte. Okay, well, uh, and they're all on SmackDown. I was just going to say, that's, that's what I was saying. You know, they're a whole they're They want her to hone, hone her craft until they really get her in some big matches. So that's, that's one reason I was very surprised to see absolution go to SmackDown because I, I feel like Sonya Deville is just a natural matchup for Rousey. And they just, they blew that off in about 15 seconds. And it's like, this is one of the best matchups for Rousey. And yeah, that wasn't very good at all. I, I'm really expecting a, over. a very I'm expecting a quick turnaround. Uh, you're going to see Riot Squad take on Natalia and Ronda at Money in the Bank. And then at SummerSlam, you will see Ronda versus Natalia. I can get down with that. I can get down. I, Natalia is one of the best hands in the business, male or female. If, if anybody is going to bring Rousey along in this world known as sports entertainment, might as well start with a heart. And then, you know, after that, then uh, we've only got a couple other big pay-per-views. You don't, you're not going to use her every time. Uh, then, yeah, then just for some character work, Bliss could carry to her something. No one's going to believe that, but Bliss has her ways. She can, she, she's, she's a tricky, she's a tricky one. She's going to underhand her way to, you know, some victories or just to get over on you. And then obviously, you know, maybe at the Rumble, she takes down Nia, and then you, you're just waiting for Charlotte at WrestleMania. So let's throw it over to the break. We'll take a look at SmackDown Live and wrap things up. Sound good? Hold, you're letting me end this on my precious Shar Shar. Ah, your precious We'll be right back. Second time that I followed you home. 
Hey, this is Stevie Richards. I'm here to tell you, you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life. All you need is this, a resistance band. I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store, and download the 12-week resistance band training program. This is the Messiah of Pain, Punishment Martinez. You're listening to The Locker Room with Jargo and RDV. So we're back for segment two. That was a word from our boy, Punishment Martinez, who's going to be taking on Rick's boy, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, in Florida, April 27th. Rick, what do you think of that matchup? You know, it's going to be a hell of a battle, but, you know, once again, now, you know, Punishment, he might be kissing the ring, man. Looking forward to that match. Looking forward to that match. Uh, Uh, It's actually a little scary. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about SmackDown Live. Of course, uh, SmackDown Live kicking off with AJ Styles. Rick, suddenly AJ Styles remembered how to talk. The last two weeks, I thought AJ's had a pretty solid promo. Well, you know, I'm going to say, when you find out that you've got a... Well, maybe at this point, he didn't know or he knew. You know, he knows he's got the Miz on the way. You better up your game. And we'd find out later that, you know, maybe the second best promo in the company is on the way. And then we have Rusev Day. Uh, Rick, this is this is backfiring terribly. We have to quit putting Rusev against the guys that are supposed to get cheered. Rusev got more cheers than AJ Styles here. This is not this is not the look that we want for the WWE champion. What? Can we spin off in, I guess, a little side conversation? I want to pick your brain about this. You know, it's becoming quite obvious that, you know, they are downplaying his chance. Uh, Even in what we're going to find out here, everyone knows or listen to us. Even in the main event, they didn't even give us his entrance. Yep. I mean, is it, or what's going, you know, we had the whole work last week or what we're thinking. Do we find something out next Friday in Saudi Arabia? I mean, what is really going on here? I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, there, there, there was a couple of things that I was excited about for that greatest Royal Rumble show. And it was like, you know, the, the bar versus the deleters of worlds for the raw tag team titles. I'm not excited about that anymore. Now that the bar is on SmackDown, I was excited about Jericho versus the undertaker in a casket match. Now that match isn't happening. It's back to Rusev. I, I don't know what they're doing with Rusev here. Like, how are you so clueless that you're not seeing this? But do you think it's one of those cases of uh, where, you know, we, we always talk about this and so many fans do and so many journalists where WWE is so against you. If you're not their creation, is this their way of kind of pulling him back in and then saying in their own sick, twisted way in their own minds and then re-releasing him saying, oh yeah, we did create him. I, I don't know what they're doing here. I mean, even Aiden English is getting super over at this point. I was watching Aiden English in this main event, and I was thinking Aiden English looks like he belongs in there with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. 
Hey, you talk, you talk about someone, if you give him an inch, he's taking a mile there. No one's really paying him attention. To me, he is like the standout breakout star of this entire he's thing. He's killing you know, it. I mean, he was how close away from being over with his tag team partner, just gone, uh, just hanging on by a thread. And then they give him, you know, well, we know you have this background. You've done a little bit in development. Let's, let's see what you got here. And then they just kind of throw these two together and they just run with it and make gold. It, you and I have said, fly too high on your own. They're going to clip your wings. But maybe if they clip them now, or, I mean, they're like pulling back a little bit and then saying, hey, it was us that crafted at your next level. Now you're a main eventer, real main eventer because we did it. Or is this kind of, are, are they just, for lack of a better term, you know, I usually try to refrain from this. Are they just fucking with them? It's crazy because, you know, I was looking back through some of our old shows the other day. I got on this Rusev Day train in the second week of November. Six freaking months ago. This is this has been going on for six months now. And hey, now they're saying and now they're saying, oh, well, his merch sales are dipping. How many goddamn Rusev Day shirts do you want me to buy? Well, it's, you know, I was talking to Ray yesterday about this. We were looking at, you know, who's topping the advertising list and all that. Well, it's easy to see, you know, there's, there's a reason that John Cena is still heads above everyone else because he actually has, you know, cl- maybe close to a dozen, a baker's dozen actual products out there. And they're not just a t-shirt that when you, sure, if you want to go to the shop.com, yeah, you can get the deal on that. But you know, a lot of people, they do the impulse buy at a live event or if they're at a pay-per-view or a Raw or SmackDown taping. And they, that's a premium price. But if the kid really wants something when you take them out, yeah, you can buy them the, you know, the, the, the towel or the wristbands for $12, $20 instead of the $35 T-shirt. That adds up, especially when you have all those different products out there. You have an individual with one target item. He's got one POS there. It's still amazing that he's in the top five. Yeah. They say, oh, well, he's not selling as much merch as he was. Well, yeah, that's because we already bought all the shirts. You got to come out with something new. That's what's made John Cena for the last decade. For crying out loud, just get, get your shit together. People obviously love Rusev. Make money with Rusev. Heaven forbid. Well, you know, one thing that always is always bugged me you know with your boys the fashion police there's so much marketing so much crossover promotion with them that they do not even capitalize on and you you get you got phone covers you got selfie sticks just let them you know that's just there you you have a great partnership with the e-network who's all about the latest trends and fashions maybe they tone down their act but there's something somewhere to get people to pop and kind of laugh about it at least bring notoriety or attention towards your product and they don't go anywhere near that yep Yep. Heaven forbid you get over on your own. Uh, so, so then we end up with, you know, Brian and styles versus Rusev day backstage. We get the, uh, interview segment with big Cass, where I don't even know if you can call it an interview. He walks in on Brian's interview. We get big Cass's interference in the main event after Shinsuke's interference again. I don't know how many times Shinsuke Nakamura thinks that he's got to hit AJ in the freaking balls, but this is this is becoming almost you know the uh, three stooges of WWE at this point. Well, yeah, because you know he uh, he can't speak English and he can't give a proper reach around. Where are you at with Big Cass versus Daniel Bryan? 
this this was a complete turnoff for me. I, I understand. Why? Why are we doing this? I understand you want to bring ca- big cast in and make a big splash with him. And it's quite obvious that is their intention because, hey, you've got the rosters in front of you here. I mean, he's the biggest man in, in the lot right now, right? By he's your big far. Dog. By they have, far. They even went to the extent to make sure that any close challenger, you know, Mojo's gone. I mean, he could have, you know, just been a short-term little program with him that might have been interesting for both of them. I mean, he's your new big dog. Uh, and now he's going after Daniel Bryan, who is the ultimate underdog. Is there any chance that there might be some kind of a, I, I don't know, mental disorder going on in Big Cass where he just hates small guys that, that get a microphone and, and have that are leaders? Well, he's going to have a blast with the SmackDown roster, that's for sure. Um, yeah, looking at the SmackDown roster, I think the next two biggest guys are Nakamura and Randy Orton. That's that's how small the the SmackDown roster is at this point, just height wise small. Uh, well, you know, Charlotte's one of the bigger competitors on their roster right now. Yeah, at this point, um, I I, I want to go back to Monday Night Raw just a little bit and and, and go back to Dolph Ziggler. I feel like this should have been Dolph Ziggler and Big Cass, and Drew McIntyre should have been the one picking on Daniel Bryan. I feel I feel like we got this is the one inside of the shakeup. I think that we got wrong. So who's saying that we're not getting that? What do you mean? Well, you know, you and I have talked about in the past that you know Big Cass would make that perfect diesel to the Miz. Uh, Nakamura oh, yeah. kind of Nakamura needs kind of a voice. You know, maybe yeah. there's some kind of weird of alliance. You know, the Miz took the night off. You and I joked about this earlier in the week. Miz should just no show this thing, which he essentially did. You know, maybe they emerge next week that you know the Miz kind of put this whole thing together. He's got this, uh, you know, this crazy, this crazy chaos sob in Nakamura, and now Big Cass. He's always been led around, you know, by punks, losers that just run their mouth and and really don't back it up. Now I would, you know, actually sitting here like looking what they're worth. I would trade in the Misterage for Big Cass. You know, I'm I'm, I'm liking what you're on to here. Um, in a couple of different respects. Let's talk about The Miz uh, putting together a little faction over here on SmackDown Live. I, I really like the idea of Big Cass becoming the muscle for The Miz. I like The Miz being the talker for Shinsuke Nakamura. And then there is also a tie-in with Asuka and The Miz because they won the Mixed Match Challenge. Ooh, that, that is brilliant. I did not even consider that, my friend. I like that, man. If you, the, if you the put Miz those guys cool. all together. Uh, hey, and then even Miz can kind of, you know, rub it in Charlotte's face when he's on the mic for Asuka. Yeah, your father taught me the the figure four. I perfected it. I'm, be- I'm better than the nature boy has ever been. I've been in movies, blah, blah, blah. I've gone to heights. My family is still together. Ooh. And start just really rubbing it in Charlotte's face there. I mean, you've got Miz kind of running this entire show here. Yeah. But it, that could be a brilliant move. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Uh, let's talk about Shelton Benjamin a little bit. They give Shelton some uh, mic time, and immediately you remember why Shelton Benjamin had a ceiling in the WWE. Uh, Shelton Benjamin takes on the United States champion, Jeff Hardy, returning to SmackDown Live and running right past Randy Orton. 
Yeah, what was up with that? Was it just like the snake instincts that he thought something was coming? Because I mean, there was no you know music cue or anything, and he kind of. I, that's he what just I just stopped walking. It, it, it was like a weird production thing. It just didn't work for no, me. I, I'm chalking up to, you know, RKO's come out of nowhere and he just senses everything around him. That's what I'm chalking up to. That's the story. That's the logic that makes sense. I'm watching Shelton Benjamin take on Jeff Hardy and I'm thinking that it's 2008. And just like I was in 2008, I was waiting for an RKO for both of them from out of nowhere. Yeah, he just kind of disappeared. You know, it was just kind of let's bring Randy out and disappear. Yeah, that 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 was just odd to me. Very, very odd. Here's what I got out of this entire match. So does Shelton kind of move into the Dolph role? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. He's the guy who can work his ass off in the ring, but he has no character and he can't talk on the microphone, and he's he's definitely got that ceiling. But man, the guy can work. I love watching him in the ring. He's just never learned how to talk. It's a damn shame. Hey man, get the big paychecks, you know. Maybe we can stick him with the Miz too. Stick him with the Miz too. Uh, what did you think of the Miz promo? I, I I very much enjoyed it. If we could just do away with the goddamn Batman graphics. Yeah, you know we're gonna get that on SmackDown. But if you just take in the actual content, the the message he was portraying. I thought it was amazing. It was one of the best parts of the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. If not the best part of the show. And even Maurice, you know, her little, her little add-ins, you know, she kind of just was little exclamation points at times. I love when she was scolding Miz for uh, saying that he was going to kick Daniel Bryan's ass. I thought, I thought that was just hilarious. I popped like crazy. Um, I, I, I actually, uh, I actually thought a little Quinn <laughs> WrestleMania weekend dropping F-bombs. And he's getting hushed and you sent me a message. You know what? Quit just dropped a couple F bombs and I don't even care. I don't even care. <laughs> don't even care. Uh, then we get the announcement of absolution going over to SmackDown. Eh, don't really care, especially in looking at this, uh, women's division right now. Uh, Luke Harper versus one of the Usos. I still can't tell them apart. Even when they announce it, uh, it's the one that's married to Naomi because she comes running out to make the save. Didn't really care about that entire segment. Uh, Sin Cara watch 35 well, I, now, I guess. Well, I do have, I do have a question for you going back to the, uh, the bludgeon brothers and the Usos. There's been a great debate going on online about this. You know, it seemed like Naomi made the monster stand down. And a lot of people are, you know, they're on one side of the psychopath should have mowed through her. I'm kind of on the side. Maybe they're playing their mind games where they just want to freak her out at any time. They can do whatever they want to her husband and his brother and maybe even her. I, I don't know if just an episode of SmackDown's a time to really even maybe not even put your hands on her, but really freak her out. And that seems like it should be for a bigger for a bigger stage. Well, Rowan at least seemed like he wanted to go after Naomi and Harper stood him down. So that's an interesting dynamic i don't know man i just cannot get into the bludgeon brothers for some reason and it, and it's not the talents because I, I, I like both of them as workers i'm just not into the gimmick i'm with you that gimmick is so terrible but if we could take that to like the next level though you know where it's really some character straight out of a horror flick you know maybe this is their mind games I mean, it was no we'll have our way with her later uh, there was just a lot of you know voices out there saying like why would they step down to Naomi? You know, is this part of this PC thing? You know, guys can't put their hands on girls. I kind of took it as you know it was more mind games. We're we're going to do something more. 
more mind-bending to you later on. It's something that's really going to get to your soul. Then we end up with Sin Cara getting murdered by Samoa Joe. Uh, very much enjoyed that because I just love watching Samoa Joe murder people. In fact, I was on uh, Honor Club last night just watching old episodes of Ring of Honor, watching Joe just murder people because that's fun for me. Uh, then Samoa Joe grabs the microphone and reminds everybody that he is Samoa freaking Joe. What a great promo. Man. Uh, you know, he, he puts over everything he's doing. You know, he puts over the greatest rumble ever. He puts over backlash and puts over why he is here on SmackDown. Uh, within. You could have thrown the entire match out. The match was nice because it showed his dominance. It shows what he's really about. But he hammered it home in that promo that this is hey, the blue brand now. It's Samoa Joe territory. Can you argue with him? I got goosebumps. I mean, Joe was, he's just been killing it on the microphone. But, you know, this is another one where Kurt Angle's an idiot. If you're expecting Roman Reigns to defeat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship, and then we already have Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns booked for Backlash, if Roman wins the championship, it's going to be for the Universal title. So let's send Samoa Joe over to SmackDown. Well, not even there. You know, he's got an opportunity in Saudi Arabia to bring home the Intercontinental Championship. Yep. Yeah. Joe's taking all of the titles from Raw. All of I mean, really, I mean, really, like you say, you know, the, the running theme through here is Kurt Angle is a is it a moron or an idiot? What are we or just straight up dumbass now? Maybe we need Jericho to just interact with Kurt Angle for a little while. Just call him a stupid idiot. God, I, what did you get for the Miz? What did you get for Samoa Joe? Because I look at the raw roster and I'm just kind of scratching my head at this point, especially when it's a three hour show with long talking segments. And those are two guys who can talk their asses off. Dude, uh, that might be like a fun side show, like trying to figure out who, who, who made who, what's the trade? Like, what's your value? Oh man. Yeah. I, I, I hope that, you know, raw got the entire tag division for Samoa Joe. <laughs> uh, then we, I, we have this Carmella promo. And I, I know that you liked it, and I, I guess this is what we'll call the Jersey Mike segment for the week. Introducing new softer, cleaner tissues. Now in prettier packages. Sometimes a little change can make a big difference. Kleenex, softer, prettier. I hated this promo. And I told Jersey Mike that I hated this promo. And he's like, what did you hate about the promo? And then I remember Jersey Mike lives in fucking Jersey. Of course he liked this promo. Nobody outside of Jersey talks like that. This promo was fine. It was just, it was a 90 second promo that went on for like eight freaking minutes. Oh my God. Hold on. You, You have to drive home the fact, you know, what she's accomplished. You have to establish her right now, especially when you are bolstering this Hey, SmackDown Live has an amazing women's division now that we would learn coming up here. You have to solidify her as your champion. And and I'm not going to sit here and pretend she's a long-term solution, but she is this greatness transition to set up so many other agendas. You know what? And I'm seeing here, you're you're adjusting your glasses. You never do this. You're, You're stroking your beard. You're getting aggravated. She's supposed to do that to you. She is whiny when she needs to be whiny. She knows when to flaunt her goods when she needs to flaunt her goods. She is a great character right now in this position. Actually, I'm sitting here adjusting my glasses and stroking my beard because of what I'm about to say. The shucky ducky quack quack moment of the week goes to the audience 
in Providence, Rhode Island, who gave Carmella a you deserve it chant. Shut the fuck up. Shucky, ducky, quack, quack. Not everybody who wins a championship deserves it. Just because you win a championship doesn't mean that they have to get the customary you deserve it chant. She cashed in money in the bank after Charlotte had been beaten down by the iconic duo. She didn't deserve shit. It was a dirty, underhanded, cheap heel move. Do not yell you deserve it at the fucking heels. God, I was just, I was so fucking beyond myself when I heard that chant. I was like, for Carmella? Really? For fucking Carmella? You deserve it. Really? Oh, my God. I was, oh, just go. <laughs> no, you know, you, you know why they were chanting that, correct? You know, they, they appreciate the smarts. You know, how she maneuvered this thing. I mean, she didn't win Money in the Bank one time. She won it twice. Now she's the first woman to successfully cash in. You know, she she picked her time. She deserved it because of her smarts, her her, her wisdom, her cunningness. Wait, wait. Uh, just so you know, just so you know, you're you're on the hitting the marks show right now. It's it's okay to say how you really feel. You don't have to put this over. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. You know, no, we went into our favorite gimmick in live discussion here, and somehow you just turned into a Byron Saxon that's using curse words, and I'm trying to be the gravestone over here, trying to put her over why she's doing this. But in all seriousness, no, it, you know, it makes sense. She is good for this time. She could hold this thing for a couple months. It was good for 90 seconds, and it went on for like eight minutes. And then Charlotte comes out, and then we get the Iconics, and we get Asuka, and we get... Dude, this entire segment went for 15 minutes. I'm looking at this roster, and I'm telling you, 15 minutes and an eighth of the show for the women, that's going to be hard to come by, and this women's roster is deep. Well, you've got to start splitting these people up. You can't have all of them kind of all, you know, entangled in this one great program. This could, this could be broken down, as you said. They'd get it all in one segment, put it in a couple, like three minutes here and there. That works fine. Yeah, but 15-minute segments? No. No, well, no. Here, well, here's what really what really drug this entire thing down. That match between Billy Kay and Charlotte was absolutely the shit. It, it was terrible. Yeah, not, not, not anything uh, that I really care much to talk about i feel like the match was more so there just so that we could get the appearance from oscar um at least we know that oscar is alive now that's good to know but i think the biggest moment of this when they cut the commercial is when they started kind of brawling outside the ring before we got the match and then they cut to a promo for the greatest rumble ever which i just kind of it kind of cracks me up a little bit you know let's let's interrupt the hot women's action for a place that they're not even allowed yep yep kind of tone deaf that was almost to me like running the Starbucks commercial on BET. <laughs> well played. Well played. Uh, let, let, let's take a, a quick look at the tag division here. And I, I, I think there's like four new tag teams on SmackDown Live because we know that, you know, we, we definitely need to bolster the SmackDown lineup here. We have the bar coming over to SmackDown Live. We have the club coming over to SmackDown Live. We have our truth coming over to SmackDown Live, who has a crazy interaction with Ty Dillinger. I'm still not sure what in the hell happened there, but I could see those two teaming up and being a tag team if they're going to get any kind of team. TV time. And we also had the addition of Sanity 
to the SmackDown Live tag team division with the absence of Nikki Cross. Very disappointed that we're not getting Nikki Cross and the inside of the uh, Sanity call-up. So, yeah, it looks like a brand new tag division on SmackDown Live. You'd have to think, you know, looking at this thing on paper, it's a hot division. Yeah, but that's what that, where's the TV time for it? That's what I was saying. You know, where does the bar really measure up? Well, how are you going to fit all these people in here? And then, of course, we have the final announcement, which happens to be former NXT champion Andrade Cien Almas, along with Zelina Vega. Very happy to see that Zelina will be making the trip to SmackDown with Andrade. I was a little bit worried about that. But then I got to looking at this roster, man, and let's kind of jump into the SmackDown depth chart. And specifically, I want to reference CN here because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just afraid they're not going to use CN the right way. Let me run down this singles uh, depth chart for you. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Big Cass, Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton, Rusev, CN. Like, how much TV time is there for CN when you got to get that far down the depth chart? And then there's only four guys behind him in Shelton Benjamin, Ty Dillinger, Sin Cara, and R-Truth. Dude, I'm kind of fine with we don't need to see everyone every week. You kind of go with kind of that NXT philosophy. I'm actually glad that they chose to send him to SmackDown. You know, on Raw, he would have been buried in the land of the Giants. If you've run down this year, he actually has the height to actually look competitive with these individuals, even though he might be 20 pounds lighter than them. Absolutely popped that they had Vega coming. Uh, if you're talking about a manager talent combo, I believe this is probably the hottest act you're going to have going. This completely smokes anything you have with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. This act is going to get over great. I think she elevates him to the next level. Maybe just mid-card, but I think it's something you're going to look forward to in the middle of the show. So what do you define as the top of the card? I mean, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, obviously your two biggest baby faces. Then you have, Miz. Then you have Nakamura, Joe, Miz, Big Cass, Randy Orton. See, I think, you know, I think Orton is kind of on that. Uh, I, I'm actually surprised. I think maybe Orton, maybe not even within a year, they shipped him over to Raw. At this point, he just screams raw. You know, get me away from yeah. He doesn't feel like he belongs here. on SmackDown at all. And I guess you know, time will tell because you can usually tell by his own expressions and efforts how he feels about his position. But we have heard that Randy Orton is looking to move into another stage in his career and kind of not necessarily go entirely part time, but definitely cut back the schedule a bit. Definitely could see that there. And I'll tell you another name that I really don't see fitting in over here, which was the guy that made the big splash was Jeff Hardy. Yeah. It it just seems kind of awkward, but I could see Jeff being that kind of vet at this point. That's like, I want to pass on knowledge to some of these young guys. I think like Jeff Hardy could hold a wealth of knowledge for somebody like Andrade Cien Almas. Let those guys work a program together. Or, or he, or he might be, hey, send me to SmackDown where I can make sure there's a young guy that drives me around. Yeah, that could be too. That could be too. But man, this almost looks like a Ring of Honor lineup. Styles, Brian, Nakamura, Joe, CN. Well, 
you know, over in Acer's live discussion thread, over the Hami Media Discussion Group, so, you know, there was a couple of people going TNA, 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 and I was quick to get in there each one. ROH, ROH, ROH. Yeah. That's the vibe I'm getting there. Uh, and like, I, I think those guys would rather take it back to ROH than take it back to TNA. Then we have the uh, tag team division, and this is freaking stacked too. And unfortunately, I don't think my boys Anderson and Gallows are going to be moving up the card anytime soon. We have the Usos, the Bar, the Bludgeon Brothers, Sanity. Oh, yeah, the New Day is still on SmackDown. And then you have the Club and Epico and Primo. You know what? Thankfully, you throw the colognes in there. Hey, you know what? I, but you're talking about Gallows and Anderson. I thought they had a great, uh, you know, their vignette introducing them was was very cool. Uh, I, I very much look forward like to ready it. to really establish themselves. Anderson and Gallows versus the Bludgeon Brothers could be a really good match. Give me that all day. Anderson and Gallows versus the Usos. Yes, please. Anderson and Gallows versus the New Day. Absolutely, especially if it's Biggie and Kofi. I just don't see them winning any of those matches. Any chance that maybe they uh, hook up with AJ? Yeah, but AJ's so babyface right now. I'm just afraid that AJ would almost become a comedy act if you put them with the talking shop boys. That's my only fear there. Now, if they were all heels, yeah, absolutely. I could see that working, but... In the character well, yeah, that AJ's but, playing right now, but they're they're not coming over as heels. You know, they were kind of you know, they're Baylor Club for everybody. Yeah, are we going to talk about that? Bullet Club is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Corey Graves. Yeah, thanks for that. Well, I would say you know they just translate styles are for everyone. I don't know, man. And they could it's, run out a whole new uh, you know shop dot com uh, merchandising line with some you know some high water jeans, some dock shoes, some. Then we also have the women's division. Oh, yeah, that's pretty stacked, too. Charlotte, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Carmella, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Naomi. And then you get into the next tier, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Tamina, Lana. And then I have Zelina Vega listed, even though I expect her to be nothing more than a manager, quote unquote, full time. It, that's you know, it just popped when you brought even Lana up. I completely forgot about her. I mean, could you imagine her like back in the corner of Rusev and they're the babies taking on all this in in Vega? Please, please. And that's that's where my mind immediately went. Like you know, that down the road could be. I don't care if it's for you know the United States Championship, whatever it is. I don't care if it's for anything. Please give that to me. I think it's pretty safe to say that Absolution has been moved to the second tier of the women's division. Um, I, I, I think Naomi is kind of that middle point. Uh, Charlotte, Asuka, Becky, Carmella, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, Naomi. That is a stacked women's division, and it sounds like an awful lot of six-woman tags. I think, uh, and I hope, I hope it's not the direction they're going in. You, you could be exactly right. It's easy to write cards like that. Naomi and Becky, they seem like one of those two. You can flip flop. Those two are going to be competing hard for a spot. They're going to become, you know, really be competing for television time. Maybe that's why they're transitioning Naomi away from that division where she's going to get involved with what's going on with this tech. We you know, with this tag mess. What if, what if Naomi kind of became like, the valet for the Usos. What if Naomi, like she was still an in-ring competitor, 
but she was actually paired with the Usos almost as a valet slash man. Like, what if we start really bringing back valets and managers on SmackDown Live? We transition Naomi into that role, Lana into that role. We've got Zelina Vega in that role. I think you you have to be the right personality, the right character type to fit in that. But but there's one thing when you say maybe if Naomi transitions where she is with the Usos all the time. That's immediately that that gives me the light bulb over my head. That's the reason that Nikki Cross finally joined Sanity. Oh yeah, yep. And I'm I'm almost happy Nikki Cross didn't get called up because I'm not sure where she would fit into this roster. But I love Nikki Cross with Sanity. I don't want Nikki but, Cross to not be crazy anymore. You know, a lot of people don't have to think, you know, they ever think it's an end because they're on different, you know, different brands. No, it, she could still represent them in NXT. I like her still remaining in NXT because you need that crazy train, uh, you know, to stand up to Baszler. Yeah, you, you, want to see that match. You know, it's, yeah, you might have all, you might be the technically sound, you might be the MMA dominant, the, what do they call it, the queen of spades. Yep, but I'm I'm crazy. I don't you don't know what I'm gonna do. I can take everything you throw at me, and I'm gonna hit you with way more. You know, to me, you know, outside of you know, everyone's wait waiting for that rematch from the May Young Classic cross down there. To me, that's the payoff match between those two. L- I mean, let's get hardcore. Let's take this thing everywhere. Let's put that women's division back on the map in, in NXT, and that's Baszler and Nikki Cross. I feel like I can't wait to watch SmackDown. And I feel like Monday Night Raw is really going to be a struggle. That's kind of what I'm feeling here for uh, the foreseeable future. How you feeling? Well, you and I were talking off talking off air about this. We both agreed SmackDown pretty much has won this thing hands down. Uh, but you know there are a couple of names on on Raw that we're looking forward to, and even sitting here talking with you about the potential things that you know directions they could go in. I think it's almost a, uh, you know, like they just flipped the coin from last time we've done this shakeup where it was like, what what could happen on SmackDown? Everyone was looking that way. I'm looking forward to see how they develop these talents on Raw. I'm very interested how the creative for SmackDown is going to work just because of the, the size of the roster, the star power on the roster, and only being a two-hour format. SmackDown could become a very fast-paced show. If, especially if they go to that NXT style where you're not seeing everybody every week and you have to look forward to seeing AJ Styles once every three weeks. Well, let me ask you this. You know, you and I, you know, our expertise, our specialties, you know, we come from events and entertainment. You're in television and all this. Has this been purposely placed this way? Does, does this have something to do with the TV negotiations or are they trying to make this must-see TV so that all of their brands look attractive since SmackDown has essentially fallen off the radar. Are, are they is it just putting the chess pieces in place? See, and I kind of thought of it the other way. Look at how good we can make a two-hour show. Maybe that's the pitch to Fox. Look at how good we can make a two-hour show. We can even shift around our talent and make our B brand the A brand on a two-hour show. The- and it's... And they deal with actually with those time limits on, you know, they have to go yep. at 10. Yep. Where it's, it's there. It's a hot clock. It could be interesting. This, this could very easily be a strategic move by the WWE. 
and then you're doing the joint brand pay-per-views, I tell you what, pay-per-view time is going to be very hard to come by if you are not a champion or challenging for a championship. Well, you know, I, I think that's a great lead into uh, possibly, you know, we're going to talk about our run for the weekend, about how to structure this. Do you go more with the UFC where you have prelims on different, you know, platforms? How do you, you know, how are they going to handle this going forward? It could be very interesting. Maybe they have to do what we've been telling them to do for months now. Actually use your pre-show to do something instead of just sitting around and showing all the video packages that you're going to show everybody for the next four hours. I, I actually did catch up on some Cornette this week and what, uh, and he, some of his, you know, breakdown of WrestleMania weekend was it was kind of out the window because he even admitted, you know, he didn't know the characters, the stories, or what really was going on. Uh, but one thing he did point out was the pre-show was pretty much announcer mania. I mean, how yep. many different announcers and people did they have going on? They didn't even sell anything for the product. It was how many of just these other personalities can we get on our show? So that's going to wrap things up for episode 16. But of course, don't fret because Rick and I will be back in your ear holes this Monday over in the locker room at hackerhameen.podbean.com as we go all over all of the week's news and events from over the weekend. Of course, until then, you can find us. Jesus Christ, I cannot talk today, man. Maybe it's reading. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what's going on. I just forgot how to read. Of course, until then, you can listen to all the daily content. Gee, I, I, I deleted a sentence. That's what's going on. I'm trying to read this off of the screen and I'm missing a whole sentence. I, can, say, I, I think I remember. You want me to jump in here? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Just do the close. Well, of course, you can always find the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast over on Hitting the Marks Podbean.com. Uh, as Jarko just pointed out, though, you can't catch us over on the hackerhameen.podbean.com on Mondays and catch all of our other great content over there. Check out our boys. Ryan K and his whole crew over at thegrillaposition.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at the Real RBV. Jarko, where can all of the Hitting the Marks listeners find you? Well, I guess you can find me across all social media platforms at Not Jargo. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. You forgot that part, you motherfucker. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to try to work up a weekend show. We'll be back this weekend, and then Monday we'll be over in the locker room. I'm going to go get some sleep. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Crunch your fingers. Label me. I don't give a fuck.